to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. Today I am here with David Oshevsky. Yes. Yeah? Nice to right? Perfect. So thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, this is a kind of a different interview. Um, although I am in school at the Faculty of Music, I don't interview very many of these students just because a lot of them aren't really, not a lot of them, or, or, I mean a lot of them do or plan on performing right um but a lot of them have maybe haven't started yet or they're still kind of new to it and there aren't as many people want interested in promoting it on campus radio yeah so it's, yeah. it's interesting um i'm excited to talk to Something you about new. it so uh why are you here today what are you here to promote uh well i'm here today to uh promote a show that uh my ensemble in the performance skills class has at uh, Sam's Place on Thursday, December 1st at 7 o'clock. Uh, and yeah. It's free cover. Just, um, why would people want to go to the show? What's happening at the show? Well, it'll be, uh, I mean, Sam's Place one is just a, it's a nice little cozy used bookstore and cafe. So, I mean, it's always a fun time there. And uh, so the music we're going to be playing is played by awesome performers and a lot of it is just fun and yeah i think it's 
it'll be a good time and good music to hear. Mm-hmm. And what kind of music? Uh, there'll be classical music, definitely like Beethoven and Bach, and uh, there's some more romantic stuff like uh, Coughlin, and then there's some more, a little bit more modern stuff, and even some stuff, uh, a piece written by a student in the music faculty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tristan Zabba, who's actually been on the show a couple times. Yes. Um, which is really exciting to hear. So you're in this uh, this group for a class. Uh, who is in your group, and what do they play? And what uh, do you play? I didn't ask you that. I, I play saxophone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mainly alto sax. I do play some tenor, mm-hmm. and I will be playing soprano sax actually at the show as well, uh, which is something that I don't have a whole bunch of experience on, but uh, it's, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the group uh, is Mackenzie Warner, soprano singer. Uh, there is Michaela Jensen, a flautist, uh, Jin Yu Chen, clarinet, and uh, Camilla Dragonetta on cello. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and what is this performance skills class? Uh, it's basically a class that uh, kind of introduces you to what you'll need to be a musician in the real world. So from how to audition properly and what to expect from most auditions and boosting up your resume so people like what they see to just even taking care of your body. Like we had a yoga class the other day just to kind of find the spots that your instrument strains on you and takes care of you. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a class on how to just apply for bursaries from the government so you can get some money to make more albums and play more music. Interesting. And it's more focused on, like, classical music, or do they have, like, are jazz students welcome to take it? Or uh, are even students outside of the faculty? I'm not sure if it? students outside of the faculty can take it. Uh, I don't know about jazz students. Mm-hmm. No, they have their actually their own jazz mm-hmm. performance skills class even, so... Oh, okay. Nice yeah, so it's, it's not really focused on a type of music, but, yeah, there's their own classical side to it, I suppose. Because mm-hmm. this class is, like, a musician's, like... like I don't know, golden like ticket, a, I guess. Yeah, it's like just, a how-to book. Almost. Yeah, it yeah. just like, breaks down everything that they have to worry about. And yeah. There are classes and workshops that musicians who aren't in the faculty, like I mentioned, music, they can take workshops like that. Yeah. But this is really interesting because then you can get a, a, high school, or a university credit. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> for it. yeah. So I myself um, think that's really interesting. Uh, what, jumping right into that, because I know we'll, we'll talk more, but we have tons of time to talk about everything. But uh, what so far have you learned from the sh- from the course that's really stuck with you that you that you just kind of oh, maybe even blew your mind? Um, stuff that blew my well, program notes for sure. I always thought that program notes had to be super long and like detailed and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, we had a guest speaker come in and he has written for symphonies and orchestras in Canada and in the states, and he was basically just like you got to write what people find interesting, but not so much that it gets boring because they don't know what certain musical terms are that mm-hmm. they don't know. They just they'll lose interest. And, yeah, a lot of it, just even other things like performance anxiety. We had Edmund Daw come in and talk to us, and he just told us about how the greatest performers have crazy anxiety sometimes. They'll just call off the, call off the show five minutes before they go on and Thanks. how to deal with that and, yeah, how to... Yeah, just yeah, how to get over it and yeah, move on. So mm-hmm. it's it's all of it's been pretty interesting, really. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so 
your group in this class is mm -hmm. called Take Five. Yes. Did you guys make that name up? Yeah, it just happened. Someone was just like, what should we call ourselves? And three or four things got thrown out, and Take Five was a good Cause, one. Because there's so. five of you? Yeah there's, yeah, there's there's five of us excluding the accompanist, yeah. Lisa Rumpel, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, why take five? What does that mean? <laughs> well, like take, take I mean, take five is it could be that I don't know if there's a real story mm -hmm. behind okay. it. I mean, take five. Yeah, I mean, if Sam's place, we want you guys to relax and sit back and enjoy. Take five. There's five of us, and I know take five is more of a. There's a piece called that, but it's definitely more of a, a jazz standard. So doesn't quite fit in with the classical side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just curious. Uh, so you're put into these groups, are, or are you? Are mm -hmm. you like look around? And you're like, I'm going to be in your group, or is it? Are no, you assigned? We were literally just numbered off one, two, three, and and then for the rest of the years, or just for this one project? Uh, it was just for this one project. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and how does that work? Because you have different people in mm -hmm. the group. How do you decide? Okay, this is the kind of repertoire we're going to play. How do you plan that? Well, uh, we kind of got together after we were assigned to the group, sat down, and being kind of a mishmash of instruments, it was like, okay, what can we find to play with people? And yeah, so we just kind of Googled certain pieces, being like, okay, what can cello play with? Do we know any pieces offhand or that we've played together before? Uh, and definitely the hardest one was with saxophone because mm -hmm. the other ones are pretty standard instruments from a couple hundred years old. Yeah. Saxophone was the the odd one out, but there's yeah, there's a piece with flute and then Tristan Zappa's piece. He rewrote uh it might have been an oboe part, I think, mm -hmm. to soprano sax. So Yeah, and then some people are doing solo pieces. It might just be me, but Okay. Yeah. So, and do you have, like, a theme for all the pieces, or is it just, like, what sounds It's good? not really, yeah. No, no no real theme, I don't think, but, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's just stuff that you like, and hopefully yeah. you play it well enough and get a good grade. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, so, what what specifically do you have to do for this assignment? Uh, for this assignment, it was kind of get together, figure out the repertoire that you're going to do, fill up the 45 minutes or so that we have to do, um, and then we have to write a program notes for all these pieces, uh, make posters, put them up, uh, find a place to do it, like a venue, uh, choose a date, and then just kind of promote it as much as we can with either Facebook or a radio show even. Yeah. Or, yeah, <laughs> posters and any way we can. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. and then put on a successful, fun show, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And then I guess like you're... you're write a review of your opinion I guess at the end like how did you feel or yeah we might I mean we'll have someone come to yeah. our show and yeah okay. judge us on it but mm -hmm. yeah okay so changing the subject more about you as a musician how did you get involved in music um well it kind of started in grade nine where we don't have I did I never had middle school it was kind of an odd thing to come here and people like oh I did music in middle school mm -hmm. I didn't start until grade nine when I first picked up an instrument so where, where are you from I'm from Barrie Ontario Barrie Ontario yeah okay um and you don't start music until grade nine yeah there might be some private schools but yeah I didn't start until grade nine I didn't play piano or anything 
no music no like my dad played some guitar but that was about mm-hmm. as much as I got so okay yeah so I just started playing yeah I chose music as an elective in grade nine mm-hmm. and then saxophone was bestowed upon me so, and I didn't yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah just kind of stuck uh I almost didn't take it in grade 10 but my one buddy decided to push me and he was kind of bugging me so I was like fine I'll, I'll do it man I'll just do it yeah and then yeah I just kind of grew to love it and yeah eventually here I am Hmm. okay and how did you like Everyone, not everyone, but a large number of people take music in, in, I guess, middle school and high school. Right. How did you know that that's something that you wanted to do as a career, or to take it seriously and go and pursue secondary education? Um, well, I guess towards the end of my high school career, I just I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing it, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure what else to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, there were options, but. Yeah, I just really liked it, and it could have just been from the experiences, or my friends, or even the music teacher at the school. It was just, yeah, I just really enjoyed it, and so, yeah, told my parents. They were a little like, oh, what do we do now? But, (laughs) yeah, it's all kind of worked out so far, so. Yeah, no, great, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're doing your master's currently. Yes. Did you do your bachelor's in Ontario and came here for your yeah, master's? Yeah, I did my bachelor's at uh, McMaster in Hamilton. Okay. Uh, and then after I finished that, uh, I had decided, well, I was a little undecided by the fourth year. And then I was like, I guess, yeah, I'll do my master's, sure. And my teacher was like, okay, you might want to take some lessons from this person in uh, Oakville, which was like an hour outside of Hamilton or so. So I went to Sarah Walkowski, decided to take lessons from her for a year in between, and she really suggested uh, going to the University of Manitoba to study with Alan Harrington. And so, yeah, went, came here, and he suggested doing a post-baccalaureate diploma in performance. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and that took another year, and then started my master's last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So why did you decide to do your master's? Well, I just wasn't 100% sure where to go with saxophone yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't too thrilled by the idea of education and teaching. I just, I don't feel like I would be a good teacher or I just was uncomfortable doing it or something. Mm. It's but, not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just, yeah, decided master's for performance. So when you're done your master's <laughs> degree, what are you going to do well, after that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I'm not really 100% sure. I'm currently, like, in the Naval Reserve as a musician, and they do have full-time musicians, so you would just spend your entire days playing music and rehearsing and traveling across Canada and Europe and stuff, playing, and that'll be great. I uh, just got to pass the audition. and. So, so what is this? This is, uh, it's full-time military musician. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the uh, the Air Force Band here in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, so you just got to wait for a spot to open up, really, audition, and then, yeah, you get in, and there's a couple bands throughout the country, and, yeah, they get to travel and do mm-hmm. music full-time for, mm-hmm. yeah, a great job, I think. Yeah, and, and so that's interesting. Um do you have you done all like the basic training? And yeah, you yeah. Even as a musician, yeah. that's the first thing you do. 
go to basic training before you do mm-hmm. just going in every couple nights or every night every week and rehearsing and going off to okay and, playing parades and stuff and so you're going to do like parades and and and, and what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of performance performing would you have to do in that kind of field uh in that kind of field uh they do some military parades in other cities they'll do like public parades like for santa claus parade or canada day parade but they do have their own like full concerts that they'll put on and kind of do or they'll go to different countries or cities and do different performances and okay interesting Sorry, uh, I had, had a really yawn at that one point. It's getting late in the day, so yeah. I'm getting sleepy. What kind of music is performed then? Uh, well, it kind of really depends on which band you, you get placed into, because okay. uh, the Winnipeg one here has a full rock band and big band. Really? Uh, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then there's ones on the coast that are full kind of orchestras, wind ensembles, and they'll do classical stuff. Some will do more pop stuff, but... Yeah, they kind of cover it all almost. So, mm-hmm. so because you're um, you play saxophone, what mm-hmm. what are you limited to in terms of bands? I guess. Um, well, they'll have saxophone in all the bands, but uh, I definitely can't join like a, a, wind a symphony orchestra. I can join a wind ensemble. Can you? Okay. Yeah, like a concert band, a wind ensemble. Okay. But not symphony orchestra unless there's a very specific piece that calls for it. And that doesn't come up too often, too often. usually. Yeah. yeah, okay. Very interesting. I'm just, um, I don't know much about the um, military music community. Um, <laughs> but, and do, do you need a master's degree to, to do stuff like no, that? No, you can, you can join even just the reserves. You just have to pass the audition and... Mm-hmm. They have you write a theory test, and you have to do, like, oral skills and stuff. And then, yeah, My that's... Favorite. <laughs> My favorite. My favorite thing to do. It's really the worst. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask questions that I'm really curious about with saxophone. Sure. I'm, it's a very curious <laughs> instrument oh, yeah. to me. And it is fairly new. Do you know how how long? It's? Uh, it's it's only been around about 150 years. It was made mid 1800s. Yeah. So, what is it like finding repertoire and stuff? Uh, a lot of the repertoire is actually fairly new stuff. So there's a lot of transcriptions. Like I'll play flute music or clarinet pieces if you can get the range in there. But a lot of the stuff can be very very new and have different techniques like slap tongue or kind of, I don't know what that is like it's when you uh, you've got to like suck the reed with your tongue and it slaps up against the mouthpiece and it makes a percussive sound hmm. yeah so it's yeah very different techniques that some people might find a little a little odd or multiphonics I mean other instruments do it too but it can be very yeah very aggressive sounding and sometimes it can be it can be difficult because you got to get down the regular kind of technique first mm-hmm. and then yeah move on to this stuff so yeah it can be it can be a little difficult because yeah there's not a lot written and some of it's new and not a lot of people want to play it or hear it even so mm-hmm. um and why are there different saxophone sizes well i mean it's That's just like every yeah every other instrument like a bass clarinet or a clarinet it's just to kind of extend the range of all the other ones and fill those fill those nice kind of holes and 
Yeah, it kind of they kind of started off with like F and C saxophones, which were, I think they were used mainly in even military bands. Actually, they were a big thing when they first started. So okay. Yep, but they all kind of fell out of place, and now there's four main ones that are used: so soprano, alto, tenor, mm-hmm. baritone. Odd time you'll get a bass sax in there, but. Mm-hmm. And uh, which ones can can you play all of them? Yeah, I've I've played all of them. I've only played bass sax once. It was a little more difficult just because it's a little unwieldy sometimes at the the bottom range. But, yeah, I mainly play alto. It's yeah, mm-hmm. the fun one. Okay. And and why, um, or how, how do they vary? Um, well, like, all the fingerings are kind of the same. The only differences would be the sizes, obviously, uh, what key they're in, either E-flat or B-flat. Um... And then just how much like air you need to play and embouchure shape really, and then yeah, so that's kind of what throws people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting because like it's you're you're playing. I'm I'm really bad with these kind of instruments just that are in different that's, keys and everything because yeah. I I was raised and grown on pianos, <laughs> right? So and go, that are in or just in C. In yeah, I guess yeah. in C, yeah. Just really, it's kind of very interesting to be like, oh yeah, I, I play in. I don't know. I don't understand when people talk like that. I kind of just like zone out, just like my eyes glaze over, and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking That's, about. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we we well started with this the interview with the Tango Etude Number no. Three by Astor mm-hmm. Piazzolla. It yes. is a piece that you will be playing at this show at Sam's yes. Place on December first at seven p.m. Yes. Um, why did you choose this piece? Uh, I chose this piece uh, mainly because I've played it before, and I figured if this is going to come up, I'm already going to be learning some big kind of rep. And I had played this one before, so I could kind of pick it up again and kind of fine-tune the things that weren't so great about it. But it's also, I just find it a super fun piece to play. And it's just a little different from the stuff I've you kind of play sometimes. I don't play a lot of kind of South American-inspired music, and I just, I don't know, I, I find it so fun with these dance rhythms, and yeah, I figured no one else would be doing it, so change it up. Okay, and you said you you're, you think you're the only person um, uh, soloing, correct? I think so, yes. Is this a solo piece? Yes. Okay. Um, I think you told me that already. Sorry, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> um, so you've already written the program notes for this piece? Yes. And so then what is this, what is some information you can give about this piece as like a background? Uh, well, I mean, it was originally written for flute, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I know that he had, when he had first started kind of composing music when he was in school, his, he, I think he tried to do some more... I don't know, mainstream-ish classical stuff. Mm-hmm. But his teacher was like, I think you should really stick with this with this tango kind of stuff. It's, I, I guess they just liked it better. And so I don't think he was very sure about it, but he decided to stick with it. And he eventually made this, this tango kind of thing that he has, this sound, and it created this nouveau tango thing that people love now. And it's this his own style and people write into that style now mm-hmm. and yeah I know it was yeah it was originally solo like with no piano even but uh, right before his death I'm not I can't remember how soon before 
but uh, someone had requested that he write out a piano part to go with it for saxophone, and so he had just finished it, the piano part right before he had passed away. But I won't be playing the piano part. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're not going to play saxophone and piano? So no, unfortunately, no. Okay, well, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, will, will someone be playing the piano accompaniment? Or will no, you're just no, do... yeah, just solo. Mm-hmm. And why did you decide to do that? Uh, well, I don't have the piano music one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably, I can imagine it, it would be a little difficult. Just, it seems like piano music with saxophone is always super difficult and a little hard to put together together sometimes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah, I can, agree, I can agree with that. As <laughs> someone who has played the piano music for saxophone. Yeah. Um, I'm also the worst accompanist, probably. In the, ah, I'm sure. Um, I'm not the worst. But. Okay, that's nice <laughs> I, I guess I've not heard you, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, so you made the decision to go to school for music. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, are you? I'm assuming you are doing your master's, so probably you do think. But do you think it is worth it for a musician to uh, pursue a academic knowledge? <laughs> I think it has. Yeah, it has its benefits for sure. I mean, sometimes I I think to myself like. Why did I pay thousands of dollars to to go to a school and you could just take the years to learn it? But, I mean, at the same time, you're paying for a lot of different amazing instruction from a bunch of different great professors. And it can really give you opportunities that other people won't have. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I find it's, it's, it's great because you learn so many different skills. Even if you decide not to do anything music related afterwards you still have all these skills dealing with different people and kind of putting yourself in a a very different environment that other people don't have you have to work with a lot of different people whether you like them or not and you have to think about things in a different way and you really have to commit to doing music I mean if you're going to spend three hours in a practice room it really shows someone that yeah you're willing to, uh, to put time into something yeah, to make yourself you, better. You got some good, sort of some decent work. work yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so. that's actually true. I've heard, I heard there was this. I can't remember who I was talking to or who was telling us this, but uh, I had a friend who said that their friend was was. Um, yeah, it was some of my friend who told me. I don't know. Why. I didn't know who it was. They had had a friend who graduated with a, a, a music degree. Um, but decided they weren't going to pursue it mm-hmm. and wanted to go into law. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard a very similar story, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, they go into it, and they, during their interviews to get into law, they keep asking them about their music degree and, like, and asking them, like, what, and he's like, why do they keep asking me about this? I'm not doing music <laughs> anymore. And the reason was because if you have a music degree, people understand that you put a ton of hours like, oh, yeah. on your own time not even just with schoolwork mm-hmm. and 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 homework and writing essays and all the stuff you do, you have to balance with that, but you're also doing it at least, or you should be doing at least an hour of practicing <laughs> every single day. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that just shows, like, dedication and yeah. shows that you, you can more or less multitask, at least enough that you can be successful. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it does look good in that way. So maybe musicians who are listening who um, are maybe in high school, uh, just finishing school, um, maybe thinking about doing a degree, um, 
do you have any advice for them or any um, or do, would you recommend it to them uh, yeah if they're thinking about it I would definitely recommend it I mean an important aspect is finding uh, a teacher that can work with you because I was I was told to audition at schools I was a little when I did my bachelor's I was a little iffy about going out of province and I know a lot of people can but uh, doing it for my master's I traveled to Calgary and Edmonton and uh, I mean I traveled to Toronto it wasn't very far from me but having lessons or even meeting these different professors was was definitely worth it just to see how they how they kind of were so you don't get there and it's out of the blue but uh, yeah I find that's that's an important aspect and just understand that sometimes it can be hard going in and your teachers are going to tell you what's bad about your playing and you shouldn't take it personally that's mm-hmm. that, yeah they're not attacking you or anything they're they're telling you how to get better that's that's their yeah. job that's what they're there for and mm-hmm. yeah it can it can be a definite like a big experience kind of playing in front of people and trying to take criticism positively sometimes yeah no totally yeah um because it's hard because people get so like uh and music is is very personal very personal yes. it's like you you are hearing it and you're trying to express it in a way that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. And if someone's not getting that, or if maybe you're not doing it the way that the composer wants it, yeah. it can be very frustrating, especially if you have like an emotional attachment of how you're performing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so accepting criticism is what... Because then the teachers, especially at the University of Manitoba, are, are so fantastic in giving oh, feedback yeah. in a way that it's very. not like... Um, doesn't really affect your um, yeah, you, confidence. Yeah. Um, and with the courses and the feedback I've gotten from instructors, they're always they always word it in a way yeah. that just makes it <laughs> super makes it, nice. Yeah, they're makes it so nice. Yeah. <laughs> we probably like the best uh, instructors in Canada. Oh yeah, in my they're, opinion. they're fantastic. Yeah. But that being said, um, saxophone is a very not unique. Well, I guess it, I guess it can be unique, but it's it um, it's a newer instrument. Is it hard to find instructors outside of like? public teach schools and stuff? Um, I don't think it would be too difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, for classical, it might be a little harder, but uh, I'm sure there's there's some good ones kind of scattered throughout major cities, even maybe not major cities. They're, they're, they always seem to be around somewhere because people just mm-hmm. like to pick up the saxophone either because they heard it on a wicked rock solo or something yeah. or jazz or... Yeah. Yeah, it never true. seems to be like, oh, I heard classical saxophone and I want to play that first. But uh-huh. I, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, so why did you decide not to do go, or go into rock or I guess jazz saxophone? Why did you stick to classical? I mean, uh, it it kind of just happened, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, uh, I didn't get into like rock bands or anything or jazz until. I mean, I guess the end of high school, but it wasn't even that much. I didn't understand much of it. I just could read the notes a bit. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's still fun, and I still have a lot to learn about it. And I still do want to learn a lot about it because, I mean, I feel if you're going to be a successful saxophonist that gigs around and stuff, you should probably know how to do the stuff that a lot of people want to hear and jobs that have openings, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... It's coming, but uh, I've also heard that a lot of great jazz musicians kind of learn their classical stuff first, and then go to the jazz side and kind of work off of that. Yeah, work off of that. 
Okay, I've heard that before. Um, I'm starting to dabble in jazz. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when I'm writing music. Just like jazz themes and chord progressions. And I can see that's coming from like, I mm. think having my classical background, um, I, I have a really good understanding of, or I like to think a really good understanding <laughs> of like theory. And I know I can, I know my way around the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. So then like, I'm applying that because the jazz is full of like improvisations. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Just, yeah. Just, like, just knowing the technique yeah. first really helps mm-hmm. with that, I find. So mm-hmm. fair enough. Very interesting. Um, so what is a practice session for yourself? Like as a master student? Um, if it's a full on, I'm going to practice, it's going to be about two, three hours long. Uh, I usually start off with some kind of, maybe with scales, the scales and thirds, kind of simple stuff, kind of tonguing exercises and breathing exercises, and I'll, I might throw in some etudes and some slow stuff just to warm my fingers up and kind of get into it a bit more. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll usually spend, it seems like a half an hour, if not an hour on, on that stuff alone, and then I kind of pick the piece that I'm going to go through, run through it once, and then kind of pick it apart, go by the parts that I don't think sound so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like, really metronome just everything okay. I can. Slow it down a bunch. Um, and then I'll usually run the piece again afterwards and then move on to the next piece. Um, a lot of the times... With reeds, I'm never happy with my reed. It never, it just doesn't sound right. So half the time I'll be switching reeds in between pieces as well, just to find which one I want to do a performance on or find the good ones. Um, and yeah, I'll always make sure to take breaks because sometimes when you're practicing a long time, you start biting into your bottom lip with your teeth, and it's not. Fun experience to do, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why would you do that? How would that? Uh, it just like it just because the way the mouthpiece sits. Oh. Yeah, okay. you're supposed to tuck your lip in and. So, because I'm like, I don't do that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. So there are different reeds for saxophones. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's different sizes. Okay. So like, you usually start off with a like a two and a half to. I'm not sure if it's millimeters. I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's, okay. They call they say it's the strength. So as you go up in numbers, it's it's kind of a thicker reed. Um, what does that mean? It's what, how, how does that? Or let me word that better. How does how does that affect the the playing or the whatever? Uh, well, <laughs> the the thickness can definitely it can affect almost everything really. Even just if it's the same thickness reed and just a different reed entirely can change everything. But your reed can affect your tonguing, your articulation, how much air you need to even make a sound or your tone quality especially. And so sometimes, yeah, it'll just, the reed just won't work because it's being affected by forces like humidity or something. And it'll just throw it off and make it sound different. And yeah, they can be a real pain sometimes. So, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How do you find the energy and the, um, I guess, the attention span to, you say you, say you take breaks, but yeah. is there, what, how do you practice for so long? 
it can be a real chore sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you do it every day? Uh, not every day, because sometimes I'll have like three hours of playing outside of that practicing, and playing just for six hours a day is not uh, not. It's just very exhausting, I suppose. But yeah, finding the energy. I mean, sometimes my mind just isn't into it, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of why I start off slow, kind of ease myself into it a bit, uh, and the energy. Uh, I mean, yeah, some days I'm just not into it, and I just will be like, I, I can't. My mind's not in the right place. I can't do it. It's not going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just won't. But, I mean, I think I, I just had to build it up. Really, I used to do one hour a day and then tried to push it to two, and eventually I got into it, and I was like, okay, three hours is going to happen. And sometimes I don't go in expecting to do three hours, and then it just happens. I'm like, oh, that's I didn't a, even do it. That's a happy every... accident. It is, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so sometimes I won't even get everything done I wanted to, but it just kind of shows I need to focus more on what I need to practice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. And how do you how do you balance all of this practicing with schoolwork? And do you do you work while you're in school right now or Other than the Naval Reserve? No. No, okay. Yeah. So okay. that kind of helps a yeah, lot. Absolutely. But uh yeah, balance. I mean, as a masters, last year was a little bit more hectic just because there was a theory class, history class and a research kind of paper class. But uh yeah, it it seems like a lot of the time they 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 plan for you to spend most of your time practicing because you'll have wind ensemble and other small ensembles like a trio and then your solo stuff and there'll be times where yeah I, I'm loaded with work but um, yeah sometimes I I just won't have a whole bunch of other school work to do. And that could just be me, because I know a lot of people that are super busy that are in their masters. But yeah, sometimes it, it sometimes it just kind of works out nicely. But I like to, yeah, not be so busy mm-hmm. in my life. That's good. Yeah. That's, I wish I, I wish I could do that. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm not doing anything, but I really, but I actually have like a, a lot to do. And oh yeah, that feels really good sometimes. Oh then, for sure. And you just remember, and you're like, oh. <laughs> And then you start panicking again. Um, <laughs> what is a master schedule? Our master students schedule like? Uh, I mean, it really kind of depends on on what you're what you're studying. Okay, I mean, well, then what's your schedule like? My schedule like is, uh, I mean, I try not to start classes early, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, that doesn't mean I have a lot of rehearsals and stuff. It always seems like I have something to do every weeknight, school related or just some other kind of music kind of related thing but uh yeah i I have classes every single day uh they're not usually too many if you can schedule it right but there's always in the back of my mind i'm like well i gotta practice today i gotta practice that's my main focus really and when you're trying to slot three hours into this and setting up a rehearsal with your other quartet or with your pianist or something Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just, it's, yeah, it doesn't fit. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, some days are just 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock at night, and they can be difficult and long, but you kind of you kind of get used to it and mm-hmm. kind of learn to enjoy the the times that you're just playing your instrument. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Do you get performance anxiety? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah, it's, it's not as bad as it used to be. I used to, 
kind of even get shaky and speed up and the heartbeat would go crazy and yeah there was a time I remember where I just blanked out completely and luckily I played the passage right <laughs> and came back into it yeah but uh yeah no it, it still happens uh, I've kind of learned to control it a little bit and hearing about other people's experiences and talking to other musicians and instructors kind of helps and the one thing that stuck with me with that was just learning to well breathing number one all the time but uh kind of learning how to take that anxious nervous feeling and uh put it into your music and uh i think another big part for me was the fact that sometimes when you're playing it used to be the, your big performances would be oh it's my jury i got to play in front of my teachers and they're judging me and that's that was huge for me i was just like oh my gosh they're just going to tell me i'm wrong and this and that and yeah it just kind of like well they're not there to beat you up they're there to help mm -hmm. you and uh i was once told that this test isn't it's not about this isn't your final thing this isn't you as a musician it is right now but it's just a step to getting to be mm -hmm. the better musician that yeah. you will be exactly. so yeah it, it kind of helped just put my mind at ease like yeah some people might not like my playing but I mean, if they're if they're the guy that knows what they're doing, yeah, I'll follow their advice and mm -hmm. yeah, use it to get better. So yeah, absolutely. I I hate performing classical music. Oh yeah. I, I love like I love learning it. I love right. I do love playing it, but the anxiety I get before a classical music performance huh. is not worth it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a big stigma for classical musicians. It's just like. And like people can be, and I'm not afraid to say it. Can, people can be snobs. Oh yeah, and we all know it. Oh yeah, but there's just so much. There's so much, so many specific things. And, ugh, it's just like it's, it's. I am not as intense of a classical musician as many of as my some. my yes. classmates, no. and I just don't see it why it needs to be so. Yeah, no. I mean, I I, I can kind of see. What, where they're coming from I just it just I feel like it takes away from the music when you're being so critical uh, yeah I agree mm -hmm. and so, as like I perform my own music and I right. it's so liberating to perform my own things yeah one because no, people have never heard it before yeah no one can tell you you're wrong and, yeah exactly <laughs> they can give me advice on how to improve it maybe in guess. their opinion that's just still their opinion <laughs> and it's like I'm expressing my own emotions so that mm -hmm. I can't it can't be wrong with my own emotions right my emotions yeah um, so props to you for being able oh, well. to <laughs> perform classical and willing to perform as a performance major. Uh, so back to this, this assignment for uh, take five. Yes. Your um, performance skills class assignment mm -hmm. to get together with a group and put together a performance. Yes. Uh, which you guys will be doing at Sam's place. Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. Uh, so by the time this interview is posted on the blog, it will have already happened. I apologize to people oh, listening, that's, but that's, that's okay. okay. Uh, you just enjoy this interview. Um, why did you guys decide Sam's Place? Um, well, none of us are actually from Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. So when it came up to choose a venue, we were like, oh, we could do an old folks home or kind of at these other places and Mackenzie was like oh well we could do uh 
this place or Sam's place, uh, like she knew about it. She knew they kind of had people come and play a bunch and we felt that it was like, it would, it would just be a good place. It's like a nice small kind of cozy venue where people can just sit and relax. It's kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, just a relaxed venue. No one has to come in looking fancy or anything. And mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have to pay for it. So that was good too. Nice. But, uh, nice. Yeah. And like <laughs> they, they'll help promote it as well. They'll put up their posters and it's on their website and mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it just felt like a good fit. So if if it's what kind of music you're playing, yeah, exactly. So, so. it's a good it's a good hangout. Yeah, so people should come and bring their friends and just yeah. just relax. Have maybe a coffee. Look, and yeah, have a coffee. Read a book or something. Yeah, yeah. nice. So the show is coming to an end. Um, we are going to be finishing with a the Beethoven Trio for piano, clarinet, and cello, which is in B flat major, Opus Eleven, the first movement, because it is one of the pieces. Yes. That will be getting played, um, at the show. Um, it's going to be about 45 minutes of yes, music? Yes, okay, so There's that. tons of other things that we hadn't even talked about, so yeah. you really need to go to the show. It's yeah. free. Uh, it's a Thursday evening, so if you're, uh, it's nice you can maybe do homework or something. Yeah. Um, what, I, you don't play in this piece. No, I don't play in this no, piece. No, but you've heard it before? Uh, a little bit, yeah. No? Okay, so I, I mean, can't really ask you really, anything I mean, <laughs> about it. Unfortunately not, Yeah, okay, no. then did you like anything about it when you were uh, um, I listening mean, to it? No, not really. I mean... Oh, wow. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> that is okay. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to add before we uh, finish the show for today? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I hope people will come out and enjoy it. And, I mean, if they do, if they can't, I'm at least look up some of these pieces or look up some of these performers and come check us out because I know at the end of the year we all have performances to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we do lots in the city as masters and Musician. not even, yeah, just yeah. students in general. So. Yeah, trying to make a living. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, David Oshevsky. David Oshevsky. It's, it's like it's my a last difficult name. One. That's my last okay. name is hard too. Um, for coming onto the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for having really me. Really interesting. Everyone, please go see here. Take five uh, yeah. at Sam's place. Thursday, December first at two thousand seven. You get to hear some really interesting classical, romantic, and even some modern music, such as the Piazzolla piece we played at the beginning of the show and mm. this Beethoven piece we will be closing with. This has been the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Ashley Bianyaj. Uh, if you want to hear this interview again or any other interviews, go to www.winnipegmusicproject.com. You can also hear us on umfm.com and on Google Play. Uh, don't forget to follow Winnipeg Music Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> Maybe that's it? I think. No. Is that all the social media? Yeah, yeah that is. All right, yeah. Um, this has been again the Winnipeg Music Project. You are now listening of uh, listening to Beethoven's trio. Yes. For MP flat. MP flat major. Opus eleven. Here it is. Thank you.